Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, automizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with Rave. Review. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up Show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. going on my friend you are decked out in the orange and blue today i see you my man What's oh up? how we doing gamecock fans it is it is fantastic to be here with you guys i got my florida gator <laughs> tumbler and my hat my florida coach steve spurrier uh, jersey 
uh, is is on here today. So we are we are decked out and uh, appreciating and uh, and loving life, my friend. It is great to be here. If only our two schools had played in something uh, very recently uh, that that, yeah. that that bears discussing here. If Indeed, only we no. had played in something a little bit we, recently. We will get to that, but I want to bring this up first, Mark, because I. You know, I was kind of minding my business, went to the gym this morning. I keep, if you want to know this, by the way, I keep the, you know, who listens to radio anymore. But when I don't have my phone plugged in, I keep it on 97.7. I keep it on the fan upstate. I really do because I enjoy, obviously, the band for the sports talk. This morning, I'm listening and I hear Rob Brown and Lonzo is his sidekick, right? Lonzo. They're talking about the 2024 SEC schedules. And I hear Lonzo say, and I'm like, Mark Ryan is going to blow a gasket because, you said on Twitter, and I don't know if you were serious, but like you said, this is the toughest schedule in the history of college football. It is. And then I hear, and then I hear Lonzo this morning say, South Carolina has a tougher schedule than Florida next year. Yeah, no chance. And you know that isn't true. <laughs> you know that isn't true. Were you uh, aware Chris, he said that? By the way, were you aware that he said that? No. no yeah, I was. I was. And I and that. I hope that I'm. You know, I only heard a small snippet, so I hope that I'm not like, you know. But that's just what I heard, and I was like. That's interesting. I wonder if Mark knows. <laughs> so, um, who yeah. is who is South Carolina's non-conference next year? Blinn College, um, <laughs> Old Dominion, Akron, Wofford, and at Clemson. Okay, so Chris, I understand that uh, that Beamer has you know Beamer has made an effort, and a lot of these schedules have been scheduled year, years in advance. I just got to let you know, man that I do not respect the Kentucky model of non-conference scheduling. You know, Kentucky's been the lone dissenter in uh, wanting to avoid, or one of the lone dissenters wanting to avoid going to a nine-game conference schedule. And it's because, to them, they don't believe they can win at the highest level, Chris. You know, to, to Mark Stoops and company, they look at a 4-4 four and four SEC record and an 8-4 and four record overall as a win. You know what I mean? So, so um, they schedule Chris Phillips State University, and everyone else is their non-conference as their non-conference schedule. Hey, Chris right? Phillips State University, my That's friend, might give Kentucky a run for their money. Don't be careful now. But do you are you at all? Do you see that non-conference? Right. Schedule no. For, the, for South Carolina I see it. I see it a lot. With yes, yes. No, I, I agree with you. Three of the four are kicking W's. But to your point on the Kentucky thing. Mizzou also, let's hold them accountable because I swear every year, Mark, Missouri is 4-0 every year, but it's because they're playing Northwest Missouri State. Like, I mean, it's it's insane to me how Mizzou just, I mean, they, they breeze through the first month of the season, which I'm like, honestly, I don't even think I'd want South Carolina to do that because it's like, I can't imagine like you're so excited for college football to get here and you play nobody for the first month. Like that is so Okay, so, so here's what I'm saying, Chris. Here's what I'm saying, and here's my concern. Um, Beamer's schedule the first couple of years was made years in advance. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that Beamer is go- is now strategically trying to do the Mark Stoops approach of, you know, let's let's schedule as easy as possible in the non-conference schedule? Do you have a concern about that? I don't have a concern because I'll say this, Mark. I'm not sure if you knew this. They're playing Virginia Tech to kick off the sure. season next year. So, or Ooh. excuse me, 2025. Oh, sorry, sorry, excuse me, excuse me, 2025, 2025. Yeah. So, I know Vitek's not like what they once were, but yeah. that's at least a notable opponent and a very cool opponent because of the whole Beamer thing. 
No, I mean, I'll say this. Beamer does not come off to me as someone who who wants to shy away from competition, run from right. competition. I mean, I think all these coaches, to a degree, are going to try to be strategic. And But granted, you know, Florida is – I mean, they're going out of their way next year to play Miami, UCF. Who was the other one? I think there's one more, right? Miami, UCF. Brother, they brother, got Florida State. I mean, they're going to compete for the state title. There ain't no yeah. question. I think yeah. Sam, oh yeah, and, and then Samford's the other non-conference. But I mean, Florida is is yeah, Florida they're putting in work next year. Miami, UCF, Florida State, Texas, LSU, Georgia, Tennessee. You know, Chris, the most demoralizing thing about it is in life there are reasons and there are excuses, right? There are reasons and there are excuses. Florida, the next couple of years, you know, the next time that Florida is going to have a chance to do something is going to be 2025. And Billy Napier doesn't want to hear that. Florida fans don't want to hear that. Can Florida exceed expectations this year? Yeah, I think they could. You know, um, the best case scenario for the Gators in 2023, I think, is eight and four. But in terms of actually doing something, the following year is projected to be DJ Lagway's freshman year. That's 2024. Chris, that schedule, uh, it is going to go down, in my opinion, as the most difficult schedule in the history of college football. They're the only school in the SEC playing 11 Power 5 opponents. Year three of Mario Cristobal at Miami. What's one thing he's doing? Recruiting really well. Okay? Florida State is on the come. They're on the up uh, under under Mike Norvell. You know, the, the schedule, Chris, according to anybody, this isn't just my opinion. Uh, Brad Crawford had an article out today, the, the toughest schedules in the SEC. Florida this year has the toughest schedule in America, Chris, in order to get b- to bowl eligibility. Okay? So it's number one this year in 2022. Diffic- most difficult schedule to get to six wins. Guess who number two is? South Carolina, right? You. Yes. You. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So South Carolina is number two most difficult to get to six wins. Florida is first. Chris – I mean, if you have a more difficult schedule in college football history than what Florida has next year, I'd love to see it, man. Miami's going to be top 15. Florida State's going to be top 15. UCF, that is now a Big 12. UCF in year two of the Big 12. Texas, Tennessee, Georgia, (laughs) LSU, Ole Miss. Are you serious, man? And, Chris, if I'm honest with you, I'm wondering a little bit if – at one point, these teams in the SEC who are getting each an $18 million a year bump by having Oklahoma and Texas in the conference, they're going to look back at these additions with a little bit of buyer's remorse and saying, you know what, man, some things, you know, some things there shouldn't be a price for. And, you know, we're, we're kind of knocking ourselves down all in the, in the, in the name of a, a paycheck. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder, Chris, some of these schedules are so brutal that um if you look up and man out of 12 teams there's only two sec teams in the playoff if there's going to be some buyer's remorse about about this addition about chasing the almighty buck because you're going to have really good coaches chris they're going to be losing their jobs with these schedules really good coaches well and i wanted to take it there mark kind of taking away some of the the local flavor, like if you can take yourself out of the the orange and blue and myself out of the garnet and black, I was talking about this a little bit earlier, that like from the SEC fan and the college football fan side of things, 
I mean, I love the addition, and I love the shakeup, and I love seeing new matchups. I mean, South Carolina will travel to Tuscaloosa for the first time since, I mean, it's I think it's been over a decade since they've, like, we're not going to have to wait a decade to get some of these matchups, right? So, like, from the national perspective, I love it, right? Because you don't care. I don't care specifically how tough X team's schedule is. But when you get more local, and to your point, like, I think almost college football fans are going to have to be more patient with coaches because of just how severe the schedule is going to be and teams, like you mentioned, like a Kentucky or some others, whatever, that used to get eight, nine wins in a season, you might be bumping down to six or seven just because the schedule is so much more daunting. So I guess I'll ask you this because I know you guys talked yesterday on your show about the overall production of the show and kind of how they did it in the schedule reveal, and I, and I thought it was great stuff. But your just overall thoughts on – the shakeup of the schedule, the additions of Oklahoma and Texas, like now that we're seeing this really in action from the national perspective and then to the local Gator perspective, is your view the same or does it differ? Like, do you love it from the national perspective but hate it from the local perspective? No, as a matter of fact, um, Chris, I think a lot of once we, once this is finalized and Texas and Oklahoma are in the SEC and once they go to the nine game schedule, you'd be a moron not to do what Mark Stoops and Shane Beamer next year in 2024 are doing with a non-conference schedule. Why would you, you know, and then it makes you worry about, you know, Chris, you could say, well, they're never going to get rid of Clemson and uh, South Carolina. They'll never, they'll never get rid of that. Well, guess what, Chris? They said they're never going to get rid of Bedlam. Okay. They said they're never going to get rid of Texas and Texas A&M. Guess what happened? They got rid of it. They said they were never going to get rid of Syracuse against Georgetown on the hardwood. Chris, what happened to it? Right? Chris, in my opinion, when you looked at this schedule release, they disrespected South Carolina. In my honest, in my honest opinion, they said South Carolina is not big enough to maintain their rivalries. It, did you not come to come away with the same conclusion? Where is South Carolina, Georgia? Oh, we got to make sure Georgia has Florida. Where is South Carolina, Tennessee? Oh, we got to make sure Tennessee has Alabama. They disrespected South Carolina with the schedule because now all of a sudden all of South Carolina's rivals are gone. Why? Because the schedule makers got in a room and said, uh, there's bigger rivals out there, so we're going to just give South Carolina fresh late – that's a disrespect to the Gamecocks, Chris, and further evidence as to why my solution would have been putting a logo on, on 16 ping pong balls and having the schedules selected like the NBA draft lottery, man. For, okay, it's time to do South Carolina schedule. We're going to draw eight ping pong balls out. Whatever the ping pong balls are, there's your schedule. You can't make it equitable, Chris. You can't predict all this yeah, stuff. I I like your ideology because it removes all biases because obviously somebody had to sit there and craft these schedules. And to your point, and let's get into that, obviously, uh, uh, Mark, South Carolina's 2024 slate. At home, you get LSU, Ole Miss, Missouri, and Texas A&M. On the road, you get Alabama, Kentucky, Oklahoma, and Vanderbilt. And to your point, Mark, and I think what jumps out when you talk about the 2024 opponents it's not necessarily who's on the schedule, but it's who's not on the schedule, right? The Georgia game, Tennessee, Florida, like some of these these games that we've – I mean, this is the first time, Mark, since 1991 that the Gamecocks will not have any of those three individually on their schedule. So these are games we've grown accustomed to, and I saw some people, you know, that 
oh, why do you want to play Georgia? You know, they kick our tails every year. But it's like, it's the border battle, man. Like, it's just, it's Carolina, Georgia. It's what you grew up on, you know? And so I, I talked about this a little bit earlier, Mark. Like, from the national perspective, like, I just love the unique games, unique matchups. Like, bro, we get Georgia-Alabama next year. I can't wait to watch that game. We get Tennessee at Texas. Like, I or Tennessee, I think it's Oklahoma. I can't wait to watch that game. But from the local perspective, I find myself, Mark, very much rivalries over realignment. Like, I find myself wanting to preserve. And I know they'll happen again. It's going to be one of those things where the schedule is just constantly flipping year after year. But, you know, change is always met with resistance. But, you know, it's it's just from the local level, it feels it just feels weird not having Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee on the schedule. Lynn Turner here nails it. She says, we should not have lost Georgia, Tennessee, and Florida at the same time. You know, um, the SEC decided that all of those schools have bigger and better rivalries than South Carolina, which is a disrespect to South Carolina. If I was Shane Beamer, that would royally piss me off that you lost all those rivalries at the same time, Chris. And look, they sacrificed South Carolina's rivals for a game like Florida and LSU. Chris, LSU's not a rival of Florida. You know, like I've been complaining about this for years. Like, why is LSU Florida's permanent permanent? And it's not like LSU is great every year. You know, out of about 10 years, Chris, LSU is really good about five of them. I'm not trying to duck anybody. I'm just saying I don't think they're really, you know, like it doesn't make sense to me why like Florida versus LSU is this great rivalry that has to be preserved. You're preserving Florida LSU over Carolina, Georgia. Really? Really? Have you seen some of these games over the last 10 years? And, and so, Chris, I, you know, if I'm a Gamecock fan, I'm livid about the loss of our natural rivals. You know, I'm livid that you essentially made the Gamecocks an SEC West team, you know, for, for 2024. It doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense to me, and I do think there's going to be a lot of buyer's remorse. And if I may, Chris, I think this schedule is going to be so difficult – for every team in the SEC, all right, I'm sitting here today down, decked out in orange and blue and knowing that my team is definitively not going to be making the college football playoff mm -hmm. until 2025 at the earliest, all right? And I think, Chris, honestly, you could, you could when, when you go through game by game and you're going through win projections and percentages and win probabilities – a four-loss SEC team is going to be on par with a two-loss team from any other conference. Now, the media is never going to allow a four-loss team over a two-loss team from, like, the ACC. But what did we see last year? We saw that 7-4 and four South Carolina was better than 10-1 and one Clemson. There's a three-game difference there. South Carolina was better. South Carolina looked like the better of the two teams. And I think the huge national debate that we're about to get into, Chris, and, you know, like people are going to be saying, oh, well, if you lost three games, do you really have much to complain about? You're going to have a nine and three SEC team, let's say South Carolina, okay, versus a 10 and two <laughs> Wisconsin out of the Big Ten versus a 10 and two Oregon out of the Pac 12. And who gets the bid? I think it should be the SEC team because of that absolute NFL gauntlet that you have to go through. They should stop calling this the SEC, uh, Chris, and start calling it the NFL, okay? Because this, this, this league is absolutely brutal right now, man. Mm. 
So let's move into specifically, again, I know we're talking 2024 opponents, Mark, but the way that this shakes up for South Carolina, you know, it's funny, the 2023 season hadn't even happened yet. We're already projecting for 2024. But, you know, all of these schedules, Mark, are really, really hard. Some are, some are harder than others. I mean, Florida's schedule is just insane. When you factor in the non-conference as well, could I argue that the Gamecocks got as favorable a schedule as you oh, yeah. can get going oh, yeah. into 2024? Because right now, as crazy as it sounds, and I might eat these words in a year, right now, I'll trade Georgia for Alabama. I mean, just based off what Georgia's built. LSU think, will be I losing. I think Florida got absolutely bent over with the prostate exam. <laughs> and I think South Carolina is where you want to be, Chris. Honestly, you got an easy non-conference. Um, and then what I did, Chris, was I said, how many A and B level opponents does every team in the SEC have? And so out of 16 teams, there's only four teams that got below an A or a B for me. Okay. Those teams were Auburn. I don't know what they're going to be in year one under Hugh Freeze. Mississippi State, no Mike Leach. Vanderbilt and Missouri. Okay. So 12 of the 16 teams are an A or a B. And then I said, who has the greatest number of A and B games? Florida, LSU, Ole Miss have seven, okay, out of eight A and B games. South Carolina has six. That puts them on the midline. Alabama has five. That's pathetic. You know, like it's, it's, really, it's really pathetic. And it just shows you, Chris, that when you just get a bunch of old dudes in the room and they're trying to be equitable, you can't manage that somebody's going to get stiff. Somebody's going to get hosed. The only way that doesn't happen is if you use my ping pong ball idea. And then maybe somebody gets a bad draw, but they have no one to blame for it. Right. You know, like now, if you're a Gator, you're looking around and you're like, wait a minute, what? Like what, what Texas, Ole Miss, LSU, Georgia, Tennessee. <laughs> what were the uh, Cincinnati Bengals not available? You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's just, uh, it gets, it gets a little bit nutty after a while, Chris and, you know, I think we're going to you're you're about to have cross country knockdown drag out fights, okay? Between like 10 and 2 Oklahoma State, 10 and 2 Kansas State against 9 and 3 Florida, who gets in? And I actually think the schedule strength makes up a two loss difference. Chris, I mean, I think I I think 10 and 1 in the ACC, 11 and 1 in the ACC is is the same thing as 9 and 3 in the SEC. And what we don't know is if the playoff selection committee is going to view it that way, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and I, I just, you know, Mark, again, piggybacking off what you're saying, I, I just, again, I continue to look at South Carolina, though, in 2024. And, I mean, if, if Lenoris Sellers can be sort of the guy they're expecting and, you know, year two and, and another solid recruiting class of, you know, offensive, defensive line, I mean, I, I really believe, man, 2024 with that schedule could be the year that, you know, Carolina – I know this year there's – a you know, they got to – you got to do it this year for sure, but I think 2024 sets up really well for a breakout year for, for South Carolina under Shane Beamer. I really do. Well, and that's that's the million-dollar question, man, is is what is South Carolina's quarterback play going to be in 2024? I, you know, I think South Carolina's got to play to win this year, Chris. I mean, you've got Spencer Rattler coming back. There are no guarantees as to what you're going to have after he leaves, even if you are incredibly optimistic. Florida's in a total holding pattern, you know, and, and hoping and praying that the team doesn't lose DJ Lagway, who is still taking recruiting visits, man. I mean, you know, Chris, 
there's been a lot of Gamecock fans that have on my show said a lot of kind things about Dabo. I said, man, I challenge you guys to say one good thing about your rival. And it was all about Dabo and just how great of a guy he is and all that stuff. And I can see you throwing up in, a, in your mouth a little bit, Chris, here. <laughs> um, and one thing that Dabo does that I think is great is like, don't commit to us unless you're done. You know, unless you're done, do not commit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. imagine telling a girl, I, I, you know, I'd like us to be exclusive. and But I'm going to still go on other dates. But I, I'd like to be exclusive. And that's what Florida's having to go right now, go through right now. DJ Lagway told Florida, I'm committing to you. And then he's going on other dates, visiting all these other schools. And it's messed up, man. It's mm. honestly messed up, you know. And you can draw analogies between dating and recruiting. You mm. can. And yeah. so I, I say to Dabo, you know, Dabo says, if you want to date, date. But don't commit to me unless we're exclusive. Hmm. And I, I really value that. I wish more coaches would do that. And I've actually heard Beamer talk on that as well, Mark. I, I, I think he was on some radio show where they asked him about the – or it was some event. I don't know. He was asked about sort of the, the official visits or just the visits and the unlimited sort of visits. And, you know, you, you could definitely hear – I mean, he's not going to go out there like knock kids for taking visits, but he definitely mentioned that, you know, it just – it adds another strain on coaches that it's just, you know, it's, it's like they commit. But to your point, it's like – until until there's ink on paper and the NLI is signed, you never know. You never know. So it makes it even tougher. Um, these schedules for Oklahoma and Texas, really quickly, Mark. Oklahoma gets Bama, Carolina, Tennessee, Texas at home. Auburn, LSU, Ole Miss, Mizzou on the road. Texas gets Florida, Georgia, Kentucky. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Mississippi State at home, Arkansas, of course, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, and Vandy on the road. It definitely feels like the SEC went out of their way to make sure they welcomed those two to the conference with a reality check. Because I know especially the Oklahoma schedule is brutal. Again, I know Florida's is, but like Oklahoma's schedule is, that's tough. That's tough. And it, it just feels like to me they went out of their way to make sure it's like, hey, here's your welcome to the SEC moment. 
Yeah, if you were going to make a statement, Chris, you know, because if you're like me, do you remember how you felt when Missouri and A&M joined the SEC? You know, mm. I was totally a snob. I was like, oh, Missouri. I still feel a little <laughs> bit like Missouri's a Big Ten team in the SEC. Like, what are they doing in here? Culturally, it doesn't fit. And then under Gary Pinkle, what do they make? Two SEC championship games. They made more SEC championship games since they've been in the SEC than South Carolina has in their entire history, right? And, um, you know, like, I feel like if these schedule guys wanted to make a statement, I would have loved to have seen, like, Texas gets Georgia and Alabama and LSU. Just get them all. Just get them all, yeah. Just, Just give them every single one of them. Every single one of them, you know? Um, so, I mean, that's, I, I would have loved that, Chris. And I wish that they had done that, you know, like, okay, you, you're, you're going to, we, we welcome you to the conference. We welcome you to the conference with you guys taking ice baths for uh, six months after the season's over. So Mark, moving to baseball, of course, Florida advances at the college world series beginning tomorrow. I'll, I'll give you the floor, man. If you want to take a moment to celebrate your victory, cause I know I would do the same to you dance on your grave, if you will. Um, I know you didn't watch a ton of it, but uh, yeah. Hopefully, you know what, Mark? You know what I hope comes of this? I just hope because of the results, because of this season, this is the season that gets you into college baseball. That's that's uh, all well, I hope happens. Well, I, listen, I, I did watch quite a bit of it, Chris. Um, it did draw me in. It really did. I thought, um, you know, when we were in here, Chris, a few weeks ago, doing the take about Campbell should have hosted the regional and everyone got so upset and so bent out of shape about that. Um, you know, I remember I remember taking um, heat from people saying, what do you think home field advantage makes up nine runs? Here's what I'd say to you guys. Florida and South Carolina played five times. The team with home field advantage won all five, won all five games. So it's not about how many runs does it make up. I know Vegas likes to quantify everything. Home field advantage in college football is worth three and a half points. But it's just a different game, man. You know, it's like you're, it's, I don't know, chess and checkers when you're playing on the road and at home. I firmly believe, Chris, that the Gators would not have won that series if it was at Founders Park. And it would have been at Founders Park if not for the 5-13 and 13 swoon that the Gamecocks had late in the, uh, late in the year. And, uh, you know, you can't tell me that, that especially that game won. South Carolina doesn't win that one at Founders Park. You think Florida comes back from the hole that they were in in game one in, uh, in Founders Park? So um, that home field was everything, man. Honestly, I tip my cap to you guys. I thought that was a really good series. I thought it was very, very, um, very well played, honestly. And, Chris, I was skeptical that the SEC's dominance in college baseball rivaled that of its dominance in college football. I'm skeptical no more. <laughs> I'm skeptical no more, man. I really am. I mean, it's it's a it's a night and day difference. Um, I know they're telling me that Wake Forest is the favorites. Um, I'll give I'll take the SEC. I'll give you guys the fields. All right, and I, I'm going to feel great about my national championship chances. Yeah, I would take that bet with you, Mark. Let me ask you this on the South Carolina side of things, because the dust has settled, the season is over, and and per my expectations for Mark Kingston specifically. Super regionals are bust. He met those expectations. Therefore, I would say, and I've said it many times, Mark Kingston should return as head coach. And it sounds like they're even working on an extension for Mark Kingston. I know your expectations for South Carolina baseball and many others as well. And I don't even think this is unfair. 
it changed as the season went because you saw what you had, 34-6 and six after sweeping the Gators, third in the country. So when you look at South Carolina's 2023 baseball season, do you label it a success? Do you label it a failure? Do you think there should be a shakeup? Like, how do you view the overall season that was for the Yardcocks? Um, a placeholder, you know, um, it's, it doesn't move the needle one way or another. In other words, it feels like it's about right. It doesn't change course. What I'd like to do is I'd like to ask every person right now on the chat, right? And I don't, I'm focused on the conversation with Chris. Mostly I don't get to look at every single comment that comes in, but if you guys could answer me this question right now, okay? If I told you that right now you could replace Kingston with Landon Powell, who was on my show yesterday, would you do that? If you're Ray Tanner, yes or no right now on the text line, okay? You have a chance to replace Kingston with Landon Powell right now. Do you make that move? Do you not? Do you not? Yes or no? Let's see. We'll see the answers roll in. Bruin Nation says yes. So that's that's one. I, I will okay. tell you from my perspective, Mark, and that's and that's really tough. And I think it really does go to show because I, you know, listen, I, I set out expectations of the preseason. Hey, it's super regionals or bust, right? Super regionals or bust. And so I'm a man of my word. I, I was like, you know what? They made the supers, whether they won or lost. He earned his way back. I had somebody ask me this though, Mark, at the uh, the watch party we had at Carolina Alehouse, which I appreciate you stopping by. They sure. said, Chris, would you sh- would you trade Mark Kingston right now for Eric Backage? And I said, please don't ask me that question. Please don't ask me that question. Because I, I, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, to your point, it's a placeholder. But if you realistically ask me, do I think Mark Kingston is the coach for the long term to return them to glory? I cannot say yes confidently. And, and I, But it also brings me to this, and I know you'll disagree with this. I know you'll adamantly disagree because you don't believe in lowering your standard your expectations, but I've had like internal conversation. I'm like, you know, nobody's going to be Ray Tanner. Like, do we, our expectations, should we like, but at the same time, I think that's what makes Carolina baseball special is you have this high standard and expectations and you don't accept anything less. So we're getting mixed results. I mean, drummer swirl says yes. Dave Garrick says no. Chase Floyd says, depends on how I'm feeling that day. Dalton Hines, he says no. And that Pavel is too unproven right now. John Edwards says yes. Erting Ivory says no. So it's a mixed bag. It's it's a mixed bag uh, on the results there. But it, it's an interesting conversation because even after this season, I think people will go into 2024 still with somewhat of a, a pit in their stomach and almost waiting for the other shoe to drop when it comes to the Kingston tenure. Yeah, man, 100%. All I can tell you, man, is we've had Landon Powell on probably six times in the last year. Every single time we have him on, Chris, I'm more impressed than I was the last time. Um, He shows us how he connects with players by how he connects with us. Um, He's very engaging, very easy to have a conversation with. You can ask him anything. We've had conversations with him about cheating in baseball, right? And uh, he said, look, man, there there were rumors in Toronto about, you know, they had, uh, you know, like, they had a guy with a drum out in Toronto that was, you know, banging a drum every time it was going to be an off-seat pitch. Like, he's telling you these these stories behind, and, and he's so candid and engaged and engaging. And, like, I, I would run through a wall for that guy. 
and he's one of your own. And a year ago, he came on my show and he said, um, I'm totally open about the fact that South Carolina is the one job that I really, really want. Like, I've, I've been honest with the administration at North Greenville University. That is my dream job, South Carolina. So I don't know, man. Back-to-back D2 World Series appearances, um, if that's where you want to be, look at uh, the jobs some lower-level coaches, Chris Kleeman, have done Kansas State at the, uh, at the FBS level, Chris. Mm-hmm. They're doing well. Once a winner, always a winner. By the way, Chris, I've got a real um, – wardrobe dilemma here okay mm. and people are like yeah you do mark you're wearing orange um this jersey by steve mm. spurrier is signed on the back okay by it's steve signed. spurrier by steve spurrier jesus yes. mark why yeah. are you even wearing it my friend good uh, because, lord because chris because chris i don't i don't wear it chris i put it on for you and the great people here to commemorate okay. uh, our our great our great yeah. victory in baseball here today um so it's signed chris all right I love the jersey. This is the Florida throwback jersey yeah. with the circular shoulders. I mm-hmm. absolutely love the jersey. And I'm not typically jersey-wearing guy. That's not really my mm-hmm. MO. But it's like I kind of wish the jersey wasn't signed because I want to wear the jersey. If I wear the jersey, I have to wash the jersey. If I wash the jersey, I lose the Spurrier signature. So, Chris, what do you do? Do you just say goodbye to the signature and wear the jersey? Or do you frame the jersey and never wear it? I frame the jersey, never wear that jersey, and buy another jersey just like it that's not signed. That's just what I would do. A Spurrier signed jersey, man. His jersey. You got to frame that. I mean, I, I'm a sports memorabilia guy. I, you know, so, I mean, you can obviously see the studio. I'm framing that jersey, my man. I'm framing. Actually, this football right here, I don't know if you can see it, like right here, that's signed by Spurrier. So, uh, a really, really cool piece, but yeah, so I, no, I I'm, I'm framing this, the jersey. I'm framing this, the jersey. This is on for one hour, just in honor of you. Okay. So I put this on just for you guys today. Uh, but it is a dilemma for me mm-hmm. because it's just folded in my closet and I'm like, I want to wear this thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I want to wear this. I wish it wasn't signed so I could wear it, but it is signed. So I kind of can't, mm-hmm. you know? And, and this, and gorgeous. this is a, this is a conversation, Mark, for later in the summer when we really get into peak offseason. But, you know, yeah. there's only one person, there's only one guy that's worse than the jersey-wearing guy. That's the guy who tries to tell people what they should and should not wear to their favorite sporting events. Bro, like, those people just, like, if you're XYZ years old, you shouldn't wear a jersey. It's like, why are you so worried about what other people wear? Like, who gives a <laughs> damn? Like, it, yeah. like really? I, I don't know. Maybe that's a great debate we can have on your on. So I don't know, but that's always just been like, you know, I'm like, who cares, dude? Because I like rocking baseball jerseys personally. Uh, last thing on the Gator note, Mark, before we get you out of here, I don't think we've talked about this yet. Netflix is releasing a documentary called Swamp Kings on August 23rd that will cover the Urban Meyer years at Florida from 2006 to 2009, and I'd imagine that thing is going to be. Number one, the second it drops, I can't wait to watch it. I know you can't wait to watch it. Your thoughts on that? Are you nervous at all about the documentary that they may try to throw some shade on the Gators because of all the cast of characters or your overall thoughts on the documentary? Chris, you see the jersey I'm wearing. It is not hard for me to say the following. Urban Meyer is the best coach in Florida football history. It's not particularly close. 
And every single Gator fan, every single Carolina fan, every single fan from any other school would go through the Urban Meyer era at Florida again. They, they, they do it six days a week and twice on Sunday. Was it perfect? No. Were there misses? Yes. Uh, was character overlooked a little too often in the name of talent? <laughs> yes, it was. You would have taken that run. Anyone would have taken that run. Urban Meyer is the best coach in Florida football history. He has two national championships. Spurrier has one. Scoreboard. You know, I love Steve Spurrier. I wouldn't wear the jersey of someone I don't, right? But Urban Meyer is the best coach. I think it's going to be a great watch, man. I think it's going to be incredible. Imagine for a moment, Chris, that Tebow and Aaron Hernandez were roommates, okay? <laughs> like, that, that's a true thing, man. That's it. Like, a, how crazy is that? You know what I mean? They were, te- they were roommates. You know, he purposely roomed Aaron Hernandez with Tim Tebow so Tebow could be a good influence on him. How about that? <laughs> and Let me for ask you at this least more. a little, yeah. for at least a little while, you know, um, Aaron Hernandez was able to buy into a team concept with that kind of supervision and surveillance. Mm-hmm. He really struggled when he, you know, the worst mm-hmm. thing that could have happened to him was going back home to New England yeah. around the guys that he hung around when he was growing up. You know, that was the worst possible thing that could have happened to him, man. You know, um, going to Green Bay, Wisconsin would have been good for him. You know, going to a relatively smaller market. And I'm still honestly, man, saddened by by what happened um, in that in that case. Mm-hmm. I really am. For sure. Mark, uh, w- one last thing. I'll, I'll ask you this because I'm just curious. You know, there's a lot of Gamecock fans, whether it's right, wrong or indifferent. I don't necessarily agree with it, but there's a lot out there that hold a grudge against Steve Spurrier for the way the tenure ended, the way that he resigned kind of midseason. Do Florida fans hold a grudge at all against Urban Meyer for like the whole, I mean, the way that went down with the sickness or whatever? And like, do do Florida fans, are there any out there that like they view him in a negative light because of that? Oh, yeah. And Chris, when I come out there and I say Urban Meyer is the best coach in Florida football history, Gator fans hate that because they don't (laughs) like the way that it ended. Yeah. Well, I would say to Gamecock fans and Gator fans, nothing good ends well. Mm. Think about it. Nothing truly great ends well. All right? Um, And no, Spurrier didn't leave South Carolina perfectly. He quit on the last season. He should have finished the deal, should have resigned after the year. He quit at the end of the deal. Um, A point could be made, Urban Meyer did the same thing. You know, I got to leave for my family, leave for my health. Dude, just say you want to leave, you know? Just, you know, don't, you don't need an excuse. Just say you want to leave. Um, at the same point, man, like I, I would continue to harp on the fact that, you know, Florida had a better winning percentage under Urban Meyer than they've had under any other coach. You know, I'm, you hear Nick Saban do this all the time, Chris. He'll say, is this what we really want college football to be? And he'll complain about fast break offenses and about paying players. And then what does he do? He goes and does those things. He does the hurry-up offense. He goes out and he uses name, image, and likeness to get the best players in there. He's warning you, and then he beats you doing the same thing. And I think, Chris, we've been in an era in college football where you can't win like being the goody two-shoots. You have to walk the line between almost breaking the rules and not. It's why Florida won at – it's why Urban Meyer won at Florida. 
It's why Nick Saban wins at Alabama. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. And Mark Rick uh, and, and, and uh, Kirby Smart wins at Georgia. And it's why Jim Harbaugh did not win at Michigan until name, image, and likeness was there. You know, uh, we had the author, John U. Bacon, on our show, Chris, who was embedded in the Michigan program for three years. And he came on our show and he said, Mark, I can tell you conclusively, Michigan is not cheating. And about 75% of other FBS programs are. And he said to me, he said, you know, in his time in the Michigan program, um, they would have conversations where they were after a four or five star recruit. The next day, there'd be a Porsche in the driveway and they knew they had no further shot at the recruit anymore because there was suddenly a Porsche in the driveway. Right. And then they never got the recruit. So now that Michigan can, quote unquote, cheat, which is not cheating anymore (laughs) via name, image and likeness. Mm -hmm. What's happened, Chris? They're two for two beating Ohio State. They're two for two in the college football playoff. So it's, um, you know, I I don't know, man. I think you've got to walk the line to be a truly great program between above board and between shady, you know. And what's a program that hasn't – What's a program that hasn't been at the top of its game since name, image, and likeness? Clemson. Hmm. Is Dabo willing to be a little bit shady to get Clemson to the next level? Thus far, we haven't seen it, right? If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, Mark Ryan. At least that's what they say. Something like that. Uh, Mark Ryan, the fan upstate, three to seven every single day, Monday through Friday. Mark, I appreciate you as always, my friend. Electric stuff and uh, looking forward to being back on your show on Monday, my man. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Always do. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Hope all you guys have a wonderful week and uh, genuinely, honestly, thoroughly enjoyed the uh, Super Regional Series. Uh, I think when you guys, you know, when you guys listen to uh, my show and when you see me on Chris's show, you know that, you know, I very much run the smack that I do on Twitter, but you see like on uh, in person, it's like good natured stuff, right? Right. I come on here decked out in orange and blue today. You know what I mean? Um, so I have fun with the back and forth of sports. I really, really do. Y'all take care. Mark, I appreciate you, man. Be good. Take care. All right.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.